Welcome to the Everything is Influence podcast. This podcast is dedicated to help you understand why human beings do the things they do and ultimately how you can work with human psychology to influence change and get people to do what you want them to. Whether this is your clients, your prospects, your kids, your spouse, or anyone you come into contact with, this show will give you the tools of influence so that you can become more, unlock your true potential, and serve even more powerfully than you already do. My name is Eli Wild. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Everything is Influence podcast. And we have a really special guest today, but as always, we always go into the four levels of influence. Ultimately, how do we influence ourselves? How do we take that influence and transfer it to another human being? Level three, how do we transfer it to groups? And ultimately, how do we achieve legendary influence where we're able to make the power and the presence of our values, our principles, our teachings felt by many, many thousands of people when we're not even there. And our guest today has done that. And I've helped him do that because I recommended his book a bajillion times. Um, We've got a sales course that about 1,500 students were going through every month. And a lot of them were buying that book and they were telling me back what an impact it had on their life. And he's written, we'll get into how many books he's written, but without any further ado, uh, Mr. Frederick Dodson, how are you, sir? Hello, everybody. I'm Frederick Dotson, and I'm fantastic. Happy to be on this show, which is funny for me because I, I claim to have never sold a thing my entire life. And I also claim to have no influence, no marketing whatsoever. But of course I do. Right. Yeah. So thanks for having me. Awesome. man. yeah, I just wanted to start this off just saying how appreciative I am. I had read some other books that are similar to the book for everybody listening is Levels of Energy. Um, and he's got many others that I've read as well, but that was the one that I first got hold of. My buddy Owen Cook of RSD, um, also known as Tyler Durden, uh, had recommended it to me. We were in the sauna one day and just talking about books. And he was like, you should check out this book. And it's similar for some of those out there to Power Versus Force on the energy scale, but this is a much more, um, this is just a much better book in, in my opinion. And just, it's, it's more clear for me on how to use the levels of energy. Um, you know, I, w- I want to start off talking about that book really quick. Uh, how did you come to even get this idea that you wanted to, to write this book? Um, what, where did this book come from? Well, honestly, I saw the other books on the subject and I didn't like them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the honest answer. They were not the way I saw the subject because I'd been coaching for a long, long time. And based on my coaching, I saw, okay, there's, uh, you know, there's three levels of consciousness for me, basically. I call them animal consciousness, uh, intellectual consciousness, and spiritual consciousness. And I try to, you know, bring people up from animal to intellectual and then intellectual to spiritual. And it's just the way I saw it, the way I felt it. And these books didn't sync with that. You know, there's, mm-hmm. uh, for, for example, there's a certain famous uh, organization cult that uses a similar scale called the emotional tone scale. But um, I can't stand the organization. So I'm like, why, why does this organization, you know, have a, do they have a copyright on, on this knowledge? So I looked into where it might come from. And I looked into ancient sources and I found those ancient sources. And then I realized, Mm -hmm. okay, they do not have a copyright on that. I can find this scale in uh, Buddhism, Hinduism. I can also find it in some way in the Bible, in the Quran. Um, And I wrote about that in another book of mine called Journeys in Spectral Consciousness. So no, they don't have a copyright on this. This scale has been known for ages. And then I got to know the psychiatrist, uh, David Hawkins, who also uses the scale. And I thought, okay, so this weird, creepy organization definitely doesn't have a copyright on it, you know? So I'm going to... 
I'm going to express this the way I know it, and it's going to be super controversial. I'm going to write the book that I would write if I could say anything I really wanted. And mm -hmm. it was, it took a lot of courage because some of the stuff in there is outrageous, right? And I thought, oh my yeah. God, am I really going to publish this? Am I really going to say this? You know, I'm going to just say it as I think it. Am I really going to rate these people? How arrogant of me to rate all these people. And it took a lot of courage, but it, it was so well received because of that courage to just say yeah. it as I feel and perceive it based on my experience. So it, it is the most courageous book. And that's why the people who read it are you know, the, the wild ones. Yeah. Yeah. Just to give everybody here context that might not be familiar with the scale and, and how this is different. And then we're kind of dig into a, a few other things here, but there's, uh, you know, there's these levels of energy. And one of the examples Frederick, you know, Frederick gives is that just like you know, water is all one thing, but there's different levels of, of heat that go into it, whether it's ice or steam. And for myself specifically, and for those of you in sales or business, a lot of times, you know, people say stuff like your vibe attracts your tribe, but you really have to have the sensory acuity and behavioral flexibility when you're communicating to groups of people, if you have a company, and we have to meet people where they're at. If I'm doing it as a seminar, and it's like low vibe people. And I don't mean low vibe, like bad people, just not doing well financially depressed. I want to get them angry, not talk to them about goal setting or, you know, impact on the world, uh, all of that. So I've got to read their energy and meet them where they are and take them to that, that next level. And so I think that we all do this on an unconscious level. Like we've got mirror neurons in our brain and we're able to kind of get a sense but I also see other speakers, other salespeople talking about, you know, talking from things on their script, not connecting with where people are. And I think we all get a sense of it. This book will give you a deeper sense of it. And so yeah. you were able to, to really break this down in a beautiful way. And there's, if you could kind of go through for everybody, just for context, there's the lower energies, there's the physical, yeah. there's well, the body. Okay. The bottom line is emotional well-being is linked to better health, higher income, higher self-confidence, more success. Emotional well-being mm -hmm. is a good starting point in your life if you want to improve. Okay. People are always like, what should I do? And I'm like, well, why don't we start with how you feel and who yeah. you are as a state, which is, you know, what, what what you also teach and know. And once you realize that it's about your your state, your frequency, your vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, you realize there's not just good vibe and bad vibe. There's a thousand different uh, types of happiness and suffering. And, you know, people are like, well, this is good and this is bad. Whether it's good or bad depends on where you are on the scale. As Eli just said, if you're angry, that's not necessarily good or bad. If before that you were one lower, which is apathy. Apathy is like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then you're like, okay, I am fed up. And in that sense, anger is good. But if you were coming from peace and joy and love and you get angry, that means you've descended, you've fallen. And in this way, you can see the scale in this way. Okay. So in the book, I teach that each person has um, each level within them and mm -hmm. each level is useful for a certain pur purpose just as each golf club is useful for a certain purpose. There's mm -hmm. no state that's fundamentally useless, right? Yeah. And each person has a chronic state, which they're in most of the time. And from your chronic state, your most common state, that's the state you're in when nobody's watching, your real state, you mm -hmm. can incrementally and gradually move up. And as you do so, your life changes, your perspective changes, your beliefs change, the people you hang out with change, the way you dress change, your voice changes. And with every level of consciousness, you see a completely different world. That is the beauty of the scale. You know, I was like, um, 10 years ago, I thought I knew it all when I wrote the book. Right now, mm -hmm. I'm at a different level of consciousness. And I'm like, oh, no, what, what I knew back then is nothing. Uh, now I know it all. And I know that in another 10 years, I'll be like, oh, whatever, a 48-year-old Fred, which is what I am now, that is nothing. So it's always, you ain't seen nothing yet. There's always more. Yeah. yeah it's, it's beautiful. And I, I've kind of come 
full circle with the the energy state stuff because I you know I read obviously the secret and I'm like ah you know and then I went really practical and I love what you say in the book well being is the starting point but most people say you know when I make the money then I'll feel better but they're in this chronic state all the time of wanting and trying to get something instead of just making it the starting point and then acting from that space and then all of our actions our communication will land different regardless of the strategy or the tactics of the the sales technique or the the script or whatever and so being in that state of high energy um really just just an amazing book i i've recommended this to thousands of people so I, if you are listening here um you got to get that book uh the other book parallel universes of self that one came out those those are two of the more popular ones but you've got a ton of really popular ones um that book what what would you say, how would you describe that book to the listeners you can describe it better than me yeah well whether it's true or not if you can imagine there's different timelines and versions of you living in different parallel universes parallel realities this version of you that version if you can imagine that you could step into the version of you that's already living the life that you want to live feel like that person dress like that person look like that person talk like that person and if you do that i say you start attracting according to that which you identify with in your life you start acting out another version of you a better version of you you bring a better version of you into the now and you know you need to be able to imagine what your best version is and that's what parallel universes of self is all about so it's super far out but it's also super practical yeah you have a a way and how many books have you written um in english i've written about 50 of which 38 are out now at the moment and I've also written books in other languages just for fun. Wow. Yeah, most people have trouble writing their first book or their one book. Uh how do you do you write them or do you do you voice record them? You type no, them I, up? I I write them. Write them. Yeah, you must just do stream of consciousness to be able to produce that many books. Well, I'm super lazy. People be surprised <laughs> how lazy I am. It, it, you know, and I go by fascination. So, fascination is my guide. Uh if it fascinates me, if it creates a spark in me, it's going to create a spark in people too, and then I don't need sales and marketing. It's just mm -hmm. going to attract them. So, I I'm into attraction sales, attraction marketing. If I love a topic so much, people are going to feel that, right? So I go, I write a table of contents. Like right now I'm writing a book uh called You Can Heal Anyone. I wrote the table of contents to know the topics and then I just jump from chapter to chapter to see what I what I feel like today. And then with the rest that I don't feel like and that doesn't fascinate me, it's willpower. so i nudge myself through that so it's 80% good feeling based and 20% willpower based and that's my entire life you got to have both you got to have willpower and you got to have good vibes yeah yeah going after back going back through the levels of energy book i looked at discipline my level as you'd say 320 in there there was some some aspects of mine kind of weak and my my body had hurt my back and you were saying that like a a good spirit is housed in a healthy body. And so it's like a lot of people are trying to transcend by meditating and all that but you know if your back hurts all the time or you're tired or you've got uh trauma and fear it's like it's hard to ascend with those pockets of low energy. And so I'm you know I'm always checking in and I've got kind of a a morning routine that I look through and it's kind of like how i've it's the it's the parallel universe it's the timeline at which i choose to live this identity that i've created and i'm like that requires a certain a certain energy and i kind of i mapped out you know the and you you mentioned right in the beginning of the book parallel uh, of uh levels of energy kind of like the the corresponding emotions with different levels the 100s the 200s and i kind of just look at where i'm vibing 
you know, and I try there's, and you, I think it's really cool too, that you mention that for business success, the higher levels are not necessarily the most effective. Like if people are just, cause then you don't care. Like, cause it, then it really doesn't matter on a certain level. Like the physical doesn't matter at all. Absolutely. I, I'm not into that at all, which is how I differ from other people who teach similar scales. You know, right. uh, I call it new ageism. They just uh, skip all these, they skip physical body. They skip business success and abundance. And they and just try to go straight for enlightenment. And that makes them incomplete humans because you're here to experience yourself as a physical being interacting with other people, not just becoming a hermit in, in some uh, distant mount, mountainous place and meditating all day. Um, that's not the, the purpose of life. The purpose of life is to integrate all levels. Physical is 200s, business success is 300s. And if you reside in the 500s all the time, and people will, will get what, what I mean by 500s, um, yeah. you're just going to sit there grinning, you know, but you're not going to do what you came here to do. If you were, you wouldn't even have to come to this planet if you if you just wanted to hang out in the 500s, you know, mm -hmm. it's pointless being here. So people try to escape. It's kind of escapism. And you can also tell they're not, you know, they're like spaced out all the time. And then what, you know, they're, and, and then what? Mm -hmm. And then what? Yeah, I've definitely been one of those people where, you know, in my younger years, I was into bodybuilding and I could see like that, you know, the 290 was like the peak, uh, 275. I was like wanting to date a lot, um, <laughs> even getting like really intellectual. And that was everything. And my body gained a little bit. And then I, but then I was looking for more. So it's, it's an interesting scale that I think everybody should, should master. Um, but let's, you know, let's, let's back up a little bit. So you've written all these books, you have a business. Um, and for everybody listening, I was actually in your seminar just a couple of weeks ago, and I am going to take, you meant, you had asked me about this. I am going to take one of your exercises. So I, I love seeing people's exercises and making them my own, changing it. But, you know, one of the ones I wanted to explore with everybody, uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of reverse engineer some, some cool stuff. And I got some, some other questions for you. Um, this was on the repatterning. And so something that I think that we can all do, uh, when we've had, maybe a bad sales call or a bad event or just anything not go our way. It's a way of mental rehearsal. It was on the, I guess it was the the second day or the, the first day. I, it was the first day. Um, do you remember that repatterning exercise? Oh, abs absolutely. Because I, you know, I, I put it into the seminar. It was second day. It was part of the healing sessions. Okay. It's the, the weirdest exercise. It's um, the principle is, same movie, different ending, but you can explain, see if you can explain it. Hmm. You know, we, we go through activities in our lives, performance-based activities, or we've had times in our life where we performed in a way where we didn't get the result. And I believe there's a feedback loop when we produce a result, while the results of what is affects our belief system and our competence and our capability and our confidence to go out there and perform the same activity. However, success breeds success. So if we had a positive association, a reference to success in that moment, our next performance would be, would be better. Mm -hmm. So if we can kind of go back and visualize a positive outcome and really emotionalize it on a deep, not just intellectual level, like I see it, but if we can associate a positive association to the activity, our next activity will be stronger. Okay. Can I provide an example? Please. Yeah. Perfectly explained, by the way. Uh, the example is I had this uh, fight with my wife. We were in this parking lot in front of a restaurant. We were about to go into the restaurant. The fight got so bad um, that we shouted at each other in the car. She got out of the car and she walked home, which is a, in anger, okay, which is a two-mile walk arrived home with blisters on her feet because she was wearing heels. And from that moment on, our life took kind of a downward turn because, because of decisions we made based on that fight, right? Mm -hmm. So I came to her and we have this thing, this is repatterning, but I also call it, you want to redo the movie, the movie scene? 
And she's like, okay, let's redo it. So we went to the exactly same spot that the fight mm. started, same parking lot. And we actually waited till that parking lot became free. Okay. We got into the same parking lot and we had the exactly same conversation without a fight in, in a civilized manner, the same disagreement, mm. but in a, in a respectful manner. And after that, we went into the restaurant as we originally intended. And by doing that, we went on to a new timeline and a whole new understanding and reality and new choices. So I call this repatterning or redoing the movie. And I use it to a point where I also do it with injuries. Okay. I, mm. I play, play tennis. I fall down. And if, if I don't like what happened to my muscles, I try to do the same movement again while playing tennis, while others are watching the same movement over and over again without doing the actual movement that led to the injury. And this sometimes actually works. I know it sounds far out and crazy, but there you go. That's, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. The, in NLP, there's like mental rehearsal and, you know, images in our mind, all of that. I think what's critical too, that's, that's amazing that you went back to the same spot because memory for, you know, for us humans is often spatial, meaning like if I can't find my keys and I'm like, where are they? And I, I kind of go back through the movements and I go into that room and I'm like, oh, there they are. Like, I remember something based on where, where I am. And I think as we're going through movements, like our environment, ourselves, like just going through the same thing, we can visualize a positive outcome and change that that, that pattern. So yeah, really amazing. And for people that are uh, any type of performance base, speaking sales, um, you know, we, even the best salesperson doesn't get a hundred percent success rate or a business person. And so we, we often pick up these negative associations to our performance, which can then therefore uh, alter in a negative way, future-based performance. So this is repatterning getting this different association to that, to the performance. Yeah. The takeaway for all listeners is you can redo every scene of your life in a better version. Amazing. So yeah, I kind of want to reverse engineer. You've written a ton of amazing books. You're doing these events, you have a successful business. So kind of how did you get to this point in your life? I actually had a, a friend stand with me beginning of the week and he's from Indiana uh, you know, like Tipton. I don't know if you know where that is. Uh, I've been to Carmel or Carmel. Is that what it's called? I've been, uh, you know, I've been to Gary. Uh, you know, there's, I mean, it's a, it's a big place. You're from Indiana. Uh, grew up on a farm. Is that right? That's correct. I'm from Fairmount, Indiana. I'm somehow uh, related to James Dean, who was a famous movie actor in the fifties. Yeah. He's the, he's my, my, my aunt's something. Um, I forget. And uh, I grew up on cornfields, really. And then, uh, and then what? And yeah. then my parents moved to Germany, and my parents moved there and there and there. And so I've lived all over the world my entire life. And through living in a lot of different countries, seeing different cultures, my consciousness expanded. That's the best way to put it. I've also had a lot of strange experiences, experiences you might call paranormal that I couldn't explain as a kid, you know, and, and I, I got disillusioned because my parents couldn't tell me what's going on. My teachers couldn't tell me what's going on. So I had to figure it out. And the only way I knew to figure it out was to go into a library. So while, while my friends went out to play soccer, I'd, I'd have, I'd bring home tons of books to try to help me explain what I was experiencing. Okay. Mm. Such as uh, out of body experiences. And I read and read, I read science, I read religion, I read this, read that, and none of it satisfied me. So eventually I said, okay, um, I got to write it myself. If I can't find it, I got to write it myself. Mm. Now you must read a lot. What, what books have had the biggest influence on you? And your way of thinking, but you've read so many, obviously. Are there any that stand out? You know, Eli, if that were the case, I wouldn't have yeah. written my own. There you That's, go. Right? So I, I don't, people ask me, what books could you recommend? Well, if I could recommend any, I wouldn't have written them, right? If yeah. I really love these books and they were complete for me. 
So there's always a better way to, to explain things. I like to take uh, mystical and weird topics and make them practical for practical everyday use. That's mm -hmm. how I see what I do. Mm -hmm. Were your parents into this type of this energy consciousness work or no? No, they were not. Okay. And um, so they were actually, uh, my, my dad was a Pentecostal healer, um, Pentecostal Christian healer, and he was against me reading books hmm. uh, uh, that were not Christian, right? So I, I, I rebelled against him. He was a great healer. I mean, his healing worked. He healed people at home. I saw him heal crazy stuff. But nonetheless, despite his abilities, there was a fanaticism um, a narrowness, right? So you can have, normally, if you're a really good hero, healer, you are a hero. If you're a really good healer, you have this narrowness of focus. You need to be a little bit of a fanatic. And he was fanatic, and he threw away my books at one point. Hmm. And I think that's what made me an author. That must have been the pivotal moment where I said, well, uh, I'm not going to have anybody suppress my freedom of reading and freedom of speech. So I read everything, everything I wanted, you know. Mm -hmm. And later, I, I appreciated my, my father in a different way. I appreciated that he had to be narrow in order to succeed in what he was doing. Um, so I have no hard feelings. I'm good with them. Uh, we're good together. But that that's, yeah, that's a story that I often don't tell you got it out of me good job eli yeah so from there you 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 said you mentioned this in noah book parallel universes of self that at a very young age you had kind of an out-of-body experience yeah that you saw your you're floating above your body not just one one okay not, not just um, one experience yeah many what, many kind of explain to us what what that was like you know because that must that would freak me out a little bit. Yeah, I was scared. Yeah. Um, it's, it's daunting and scary and confusing. And, you know, you perceive things, you perceive your uh, parents conversing in the other room, you know what they said. Uh, you see your body from the outside. You, um, you, it's a it's a liquid like reality. You flow in and out of rooms. It's not as fixed as as this, and it's shocking, you know. But you realize from that moment forward, you realize you're not the body, never were, and you also realize that most of what you learn in school is BS. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay, this whole thing is is just a BS. It's not real. Um, I know what's real. I'm not the body. I'm spirit, period. And it helped me, you know, it helped me see the whole world in a different light. So there's no fear of dying because there's no such thing as death. And uh, it's all good. Amazing. What was your, your first job? Well, it depends upon how far back you go. You know, uh, my first official job, I probably... I should take the selling sport shoes in a sport shop job. That was my first long-term job. Mm -hmm. And then from there? Uh, from there, I worked in a TV company. I actually applied to work at TV because I thought I'm going to go into entertainment, and I actually got the job. Mm -hmm. um, at first as a volunteer without pay, and then and la later in the newsroom, <laughs> I didn't like the job at all when I saw how news is made, you know, with, with a total lack of depth, uh, uh, the newsroom, total lack of depth. So I, I got out of there and then I worked as an English teacher. Um, and in Germany as an English teacher, and I did uh, these six-day courses, six-day seminars, where people were promised they're going to learn English in six days. Totally impossible, but that's what they were promised. And that made me hard as steel, because people were coming in, they expected to learn the language in six days. Like, how do I come up with making them believe they learned the language? Okay, how do mm -hmm. I do the impossible? 
it's this company, you know, uh, run by this fraud, basically. And the same company then asked me to do NLP courses. I'd never heard of NLP. Like, okay, I can do it. So he gave me a folder with NLP materials and I mm -hmm. read through it. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can do this. And then these big wigs from different companies, Microsoft, uh, Siemens, whatever, they, they came into my, Nokia, they came into my seminar for NLP. So suddenly I'm an NLP trainer with no background whatsoever. Okay, mm -hmm. just... Uh, fake it till you make it, acting as if. Yeah. Um, because I was a good actor in my early 20s and uh, no experience, bug-eyed young kid. All right, now we're going to learn NLP. And then I did presentation training, project management training, speech training. I did, I was trainer every single week. Okay. Seminars were seven days from morning to evening for years and years and years. And you know how uh, that makes uh, pressure makes a diamond, such yeah. pressure. Uh, everybody was older than me. I'm, I'm this kid coaching 50 and 60 year olds. So eventually I noticed that my boss was always buying a new Porsche and hmm. I was going home by subway. I thought, what was this? Uh, what city was this? Uh, Munich, Germany. Okay. Okay, so he was always driving Porsche, and I, I was always going home by subway. I was making uh, 800 bucks a month or something, I don't know. Hmm. And he, basically, he, I started calculating after years, okay, wait a minute, he makes this month, he makes about 50,000 per seminar, and I make 800, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. So I quit, and I opened my own school. Hmm. Did you sell people on the back end of those seminars? into something? Mm, no. Okay. I, yeah, I could have become... and should have, and, but I didn't. I was, uh, I, 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 I was never into sailing, selling, to be honest. Uh, you're, you're the sales guy. I'm, I'm the exact opposite of you. I was just into, you know, I had created all the materials for this company. They were getting so rich off of me. Many people were getting rich off of my work. Mm -hmm. I was just this creative guy. And I realized they, these were, People exploit with no creative talent who were exploiting a creative guy. And they had other creative trainers too. They, own, they were smart. They only employed very creative people, right? And they were getting so rich off us. I thought, okay, I just got to be a little bit of a business person. So how do I do this? You know, I'll set up a website and I'll start offering it myself. And I got into search engine optimization and all that. And that's how it started. About what year is that? Early... 2000s. Okay. Late, late 90s. So you decide to create your own business. And from there, how did you get people to your sites just through SEO? And then you did your own events, sold them courses. What was that, that process? Because a lot of people listening to this, they've got ideas, they're creative, but they're thinking like, how do I monetize this? How do I create something? What was that, that process for you? You were just creating stuff and you said, now I need to figure out business. Well, it went, it went for years without me making any money. And why did I continue doing it? It wasn't succeeding. So I already had, I had already written several books and they were selling like two or three a month. Okay. Mm -hmm. So why do I continue? Because I'd chosen something that I really want to do. And I wasn't going to quit something that really interests me. This whole reality creation thing was my true passion, my true interest, because that's the type of stuff I've been reading since childhood. And I was like, well, if my reality creation stuff works, then this is eventually going to work. So I talked to my future self and said, you're going to take care of this, right? I'm in debt right now. Uh, sometimes I can't afford to pay the rent, but you'll take care of me. I trust in this. So I went for about 10 years without making much money, but I continued because it's not about the money. It's about finding who you really are authentically. If you want to get crazy, crazy rich effortlessly, you got to be authentic and do what you really enjoy. And mm -hmm. that path might take a little longer, but man, it pays off. Uh, if, if there's anything I could tell you, dear listener, is uh, if you want effortless riches. You got to be real. Okay. So I continued, nobody was reading my stuff and I just continued and continued. And if you're, st I thought, okay, you know, if my stuff were really that good, I'd be making money without marketing or sales. Cause I refused to do marketing and sales. Mm -hmm. So I just got to become more valuable. That's what I figured. I think that's the one thought 
that made me successful. I just have to be even more valuable. Okay. Because apparently I'm not valuable enough. If I were, people would be buying it. So how can I write something even better? Write something even better. People are still not buying it. Okay. How can I get even better? People Mm -hmm. still don't give a fuck. Okay. How can I get even better? Yeah even better. And then finally, you know, you get so good, you get irresistible. You just get so good. (laughs) I can't put it any differently. I know I'm good now, but I know I used to suck for a long, 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 long time. And you can tell by your bank account that you suck and that's fine. You got to confess to that because if you're like, well, I'm doing a good job. I don't have money. Such a thing does not exist. You're not doing a good job and you don't have money. If you're actually doing a good job, if you're providing something people actually want, then you have money. So you got to think about what you want and mix it up with what people want. Okay. It's not just about what you want and not just about what people want. The two have to merge and marry. So eventually um, this book thing took off Um Parallel Universes, for example, started becoming a bestseller in Italy last year. I wrote the book in 2006. Wow. And, you know, last year, 2021, it's, a, it's in the bestseller list, ranked in the national bestseller list in the top 10. I think it went down to three or something, or even, I don't know, but um, suddenly sales of that book took off. And I'm like, where were these people in the last 15 years? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> back in the day when I wrote the book, nobody cared. And now it was like parallel universes of self. I get emails from Italy now every day, you know? Wow. Um, so, so it's weird. Uh, every book has its time, I guess. But I knew that back then. I knew that my future self would, would take care of me. Amazing. Yeah, you've... So inside of the... Also, I'd, I'd gotten the... I guess it's like a membership to all your courses. You have an unbelievable amount of courses, exercise process, like the repatterning we're talking about, where you go into all these different uh, reality creation techniques. What is, what is your favorite technique for, you know, getting somebody to that place to influence themselves and create the reality that they want? Cause you have, you have so many little exercises and processes. What are some that are kind of your go-tos? Well, I taught them in the course uh, you were in. My two favorite are called scaling and commanding manifestation. Scaling means to feel and visualize your life at level five, level four, level three, level two, then up to level six, seven, eight, nine, and go back and forth on the scale several times called scaling. Find it in my members section on the website, uh, realitycreation.org, plug plug intended. Um, yes. And the other one is called command manifestation. If you type that into Google, you'll find my video on the subject. Command uh, manifestation. What is that? I remember it, but for our listeners, yeah. um, by the power of the most high, I command my back to heal right now. I'm feeling the healing of my back right now as I walk freely and flexibly. I command all the past issues and negative energies stuck in that to release and disappear and dissipate right now. I command everything to be better and get better in the next minutes and hours to come without even me consciously thinking about it. I command all of these things to come to pass. In fact, they've already come to pass. I command they've already come to pass. You see how I'm getting into it? It's speaking yeah. on something the way you prefer. It's commanding it. I, I love it. That's amazing. So my, my question for kind of the level two influence is, you know, obviously you wrote, wrote these books, you have these exercises. How do you see the process of taking this creativity, these ideas that come through you and transferring that to another human being? Like, so, you know, I, the context here is everything's influence. How do we get our thoughts or ideas? How do we get people to embody this? Um, how do you see that process? So a little bit different for, for you, for most people, it's like selling, asking questions, but how do we, how do we get people to absorb I, our ideas? You're asking me how I get people to use my techniques, for example? 
yeah, to embody the techniques and take them on. Because even for myself, like I'll hear a concept and I've listened to the Levels of Energy book like 80 times. And I think so repetition, consistency, emotion, it's, you know, focus, meaning, physiology. So I make sure I'm in a good physiology. And I know that if I've not been hydrated or haven't slept, I'm not, you know, you know, I'm kind of locked in. But when we have abstract concepts that we're trying to sell or get across that aren't tangible, like I can say a widget works like this, but how do we get people, how do we explain abstract ideas or concepts to people in a way that they actually see it? Yeah, it's a good question for me because uh, traditionally I don't care if people use my stuff or not. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I personally do not use these techniques all that often. So I want people to know that they have to find a style that is authentic. Authenticity is key. Who are you and what do you enjoy and prefer from day to day? The reason I have so many techniques is so that you don't get bored and you can choose this once in a while, that once in a while. However, you got to know this. You have to, I, I'd explain it this way. You have to know that conscious awareness and doing something consciously, mentally, is fundamental to your success. You know, so I'd, I'd have to explain to people that using a, any technique, doesn't matter which, just you consciously using a technique, a mental technique, means you are consciously aware and you are choosing your thoughts and your activities rather than having society choose them for you, the media choose them for you, other people choose them for you, friends, parents choose them for you. So are you just going to go on automatic all day and do what you did the day before? Are you going to put your day on hold, on stop and say, wait a minute, let's check out one of these mind or spirit techniques and let's consciously do them, you know, and that could be so much that could be meditation, could be yoga, could be prayer, could be focusing. Um, all of it is consciously looking within. And if you don't see the necessity of that, too bad, because then I have an added advantage over you, because I do. Okay, if you don't want to do it, that's your problem, because uh, your success comes from within. 90% of the people out there don't want to look within and that's why they're in the situation they are mm -hmm. amazing yeah i i kind of take everything through my my influence filter and i you know it's the name of the podcast everything is influence and so you know it's like we have ideas and visions and i like this concept these these parallel universe like this this already exists in some parallel universe and if we can have the right emotion, command it, have certainty as we breathe life into these visions, they can start to become real for us and we can really own it. And a big part of that, I think, is taking that vision that we have in order to be successful through our business, through our lives and our relationships is transferring this vision into other people. You know, for example, um, like I used to always want to be more confident. And I realized a long time ago that being more confident, the way that I saw it, was it was like a self-serving concept. I wanted to look a certain way, feel a certain way, wanted to be perceived a certain way. And we talk about these, this, this concept of outside in versus inside out. I wanted, I was, I, and I, I break people down kind of like this in, in a sales context when I'm reviewing calls and things. We're kind of like empty cups. And some people, their cups are a bit empty. And so they're looking for something from the outside world, approval, control, they're looking for something on the outside to fill them up because they realize there's something empty there. But somebody's very confident. It's almost like they're full of themselves. Like the cup is overflowing. And so they're there um, in this communication not to get something. They're there to fill somebody else's cup. And some people have things that take down their energy. And so they go into this communication empty and they're, they're looking to get something as opposed to filling somebody's cup. And when you think of somebody very successful, you could even say they're kind of full of themselves. Not that is that. beautiful. And that is true. And that is actually a weakness of mine. And that is absolutely wonderful. So that's something I'm taking from you in this session, by the way, because that's, that's, that's a weakness of people who teach. They have so much to give and so much to teach. They overwhelm people, right? Whereas uh, I'd love to just sit there once in a while and receive, 
in, in my seminar that I did recently, I sometimes sat there and I was like, you know, you bring it on. Don't wait for my entertainment. You create it. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, I think we all have, in the way that I look at it, like this cup, uh, sometimes like I have a leakage in my, my discipline. And that, that leakage is lowering my energy. And another concept that I talk about is, a lot is life supports that what supports life. And if I'm doing things to have self-confidence, self-respect, support myself, take care of myself, well, that's all about myself. And while I need to work on that, a great example, like say if somebody has a child or they get married, you don't want to go to work and you say you're a 20-year-old kid, you're like, I'm not going to go to work. I have enough money. I'm taken care of. But when you have a kid or you have a family to support, you don't want to go to work, but you show up for work. You show up for something outside of you. So more of you shows up and you expand your cup um, and you're able to take more on. But if you take on problems of the world or if you really, really want to show up for humanity, life supports that what supports life and that intentionality fills you with a different energy something outside of you and you expand who you are and from that place we can fill other people's cup and so i'll be in this communication and also in sales i'll specifically ask questions to poke holes in somebody's cup where they can start leaking energy where they can see like hey this is costing them financially this is costing them emotionally this is costing them so i'm good at poking holes in people's cups in a, in a sales context but also you know showing them how they can you know repair that hole they weren't aware of uh, with my product service or idea and so i'm seeing everything as energy the way that the way that we kind of explain it and so i've kind of taken some of these concepts and it's helped me visualize and explain some of the abstract art of communication to other people and i think that you know with what we're doing everything's energy can't be created or destroyed how do we get somebody in that energetic state and i'm always thinking like how do i you know put poke holes in and fill somebody's cup with my confidence and the highest level of confidence when i came for for circle is this is if i can make other people feel confident in my presence like if people like i have a friend named sebastian if i'm eating really poorly he's so healthy and he's, he's not judgmental, but if I, if I'm eating with him every day, he eats so well, I naturally start eating better. So he has a positive influence on me and you know, he, and he's never like, Hey, you should eat that. There's no judgment. He's just, he's just eating his salad all the time and he's in great shape and it starts to influence my behavior. And so I wanted to be so confident in my life that I can make other people feel safe because the highest form of confidence, confidence is really feeling safe in your own, your own body. And so I want to make other people feel safe. And that intention of my communication to make somebody feel safe naturally made me feel more safe. And so, because the energy was coming through me. Yeah, you're revealing to your listeners the, the big secret in that what you give is what you get back, oh. right? That's why I keep telling people to extrovert their attention on others. And if they do that, they take care of others, they themselves will be taken care of uh, without effort. Whereas if you're constantly focused on the self and the ego, it's a weakness, a limitation, it'll, it'll make you weaker. I think one of the reasons I never get sick is because I'm constantly busy with other people. The energy's flowing. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's like, it's like breath. You can't just hold a breath forever. It's, it comes and it flows this energy. It's amazing. Is there, are there any questions um, around anything, energy, consciousness? Are there, are there any questions I didn't ask you that you feel like I, I could have asked you or that is there anything coming up for you that you think would help folks out? I think the, uh, the podcast was brilliant. So many takeaways. We listen to it, people. There's so much in this. Also, subtle stuff that's not spoken but felt so much in this. So it was brilliant. I can't think of anything right now. No. Okay. And where where can folks find out about you? Um, I know you've got the website, which I've been to. It's brilliant. Um, books. Where where should people go to find out about you? Well, they could go to my YouTube channel, which is YouTube uh, username Ocean of Silence. Mm. And they could go to my website, realitycreation.org. Awesome. And do you, do you have those events? I was there a couple of weeks ago at your event. Are you doing those often? And are they going to be different places in Orlando? Where are you doing those? Um, we'll see. <laughs>
Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll do another one this year. Okay. Uh, yeah. not, not, not in Orlando. Um, yeah. I usually do an event in one place once, and then I do it elsewhere. So I never yeah. go back to the same place. Somewhere else in the States. Yeah. Uh, you know, and one of the things I appreciate about you is you're constantly just producing. And I think that most people, especially in myself at times, there's consumers in the world and there's producers. And we do, we all naturally consume, like we consume food, but we consume food so that we can produce. And it's like an energy that we take in. Um, and just to kind of come for, full circle for everybody here, I'm sitting in the sauna one day with my buddy talking about books. He mentions Frederick Dodson's book, Levels of Energy, big impact on me. I mentioned this book to a lot of people and two of them signed up, were in the seminar room there. And they were like, hey, you should come and got me a ticket. Stephanie got me a ticket. And then I find myself in that room and then meeting other people. And, you know, and so that book was written, what, 2008, 2009. So you don't know what's going to happen, but we all just need to start being more influential, being more uh, productive in our lives and sharing the energy. And we can, you know, circle back years later based on the work that we did up ahead. So uh, really, really cool to, to complete this loop with you. And uh, I'll be seeing you in more of my events myself. Um, but yeah, that is it. Thank you so much for taking this time, Mr. Dodson. Thank you, Eli. Awesome. Appreciate it. And for everybody listening, uh, that was another amazing episode. I'll be going back through this again. Make sure you look through the show notes, some really amazing takeaways we are going to type out for you. And uh, until the next time, I'll see you on the Everything is Influence podcast. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Everything is Influence podcast. If you got value from this episode, loved what you heard, and you want to go deeper into really understanding the core fundamentals of influence, then I have one more gift for you. I've put together a special training just for the listeners of this podcast that breaks down the four levels of influence and how to start using these tools in your life today. If you want that free training, then go to wildinfluence.com forward slash go. That's wildinfluence.com forward slash go. That's wild with an E at the end, then influence.com forward slash go. All you need to do is enter your name, email, and phone number, and we will send that over to you straight away. Until the next time, my friend, this is Eli signing off from the Everything is Influence podcast.